Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. This morning, I thought that uh, last Sunday, I said we would get more involved into uh, what the Lord spoke to me about this year. And remember, I said that it's a year that's different than any other year, um, specifically because for me personally, it was a different way that I received the word for this year. And it's not anything scary or anything. It's just something that after I've been really uh, hearing and paying attention what the Lord has been uh, just speaking to me about, and I'll get a little about in, into that, but it was, it's more of a truth that is mandatory for a foundation. And we usually go into a year with a specific uh, theme, specific word for that year that you take into that year and you have an expectation. This is a word that's totally different because it's a word that's mandatory for the Christian life. But I believe God saw it as something that is lacking, not only in our lives, but I believe countless tens of thousands, if not millions of other believers. And so I want us to be excited about it because he shared with me I share with us, and we get to run with this thing. I just feel like, how awesome is that, that we're like, you know, we're, 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 we're running this race and we're out in the front right now and people can look at us and go, that's how you're doing it. That's what you need to do. And I find that very special. So I, I just believe that this word is important and get hold of it quickly uh, because it's so much easier to start the race in the beginning than to get in the race when it's already been running. Amen? This is what the Lord spoke to me. I'm going to repeat it. This from last, last time. And the Lord spoke to me and said, 2020 was filled with great accomplishment and great failure. Many believers were overcome by fear while many continued in the good fight of faith. 2021 will continue to bring challenges to our faith. There will be times when you will be tempted to give up and quit. Periods of darkness. We will face circumstances that can cause us to falter in our faith. The economy, employment situations, impending wars, continued threat of terrorism, daily life, family issues we face will try to cause us to quit the fight. Nevertheless, that means but, in other words, cancel everything out that I just read. Nevertheless, it is in these precise times that we must fight the good fight of faith, what great glory it will bring to my kingdom, my name, when my people keep fighting the fight and running the race that I have placed before them. Perseverance will be needed for 2021. Fighting to the finish will bring a great reward. Run the race to finish line. 2021, the year of perseverance. Fight to the finish. Now, in saying that, I believe with all my heart that this is going to be a great year 
and our future. A great year and our future. Because what we're going to be doing is, is we're going to be creating a foundation that is filled with God's word on success. For you to receive, for you to benefit from kingdom principles and from the covenant rights that have been given to us through what Jesus did for us, perseverance, endurance, running the race is mandatory. And what we've been trained in, in this culture, in, in our society is, is quick, fast, fast, fast. Bad marriage, quick, it, fix it tomorrow. Children problems, fix it today. Yes, fix it today. And we want things quick, quick, but we forgot. It took a lot of time to create the mess. The mess didn't happen overnight. And we want fixes overnight, but the mess didn't happen. No addiction happened in one day. Yes, amen, pastor. Preach, brother. I'll get you religious at least, something. At some time, a reaction to that. That's a fact, is it not? So in that, I want you to listen, watch closely to the video that has been created for 2021. I'm sure you're going to love it. Have you noticed that you don't have to be motivated for the negative in your life? You don't have to be motivated to not exercise. You don't have to be motivated to gain weight. You don't have to be motivated to drift from marriage or family. You don't have to be motivated to continue in bad habits, and you certainly don't have to be motivated to sin. The truth is, the things in life that we want change in happen without motivation to exercise, lose weight, be a better spouse or parent, we need motivation. We need the drive that says, I deserve this. I am worth this. You see, my friends, you were created in the image and likeness of God. You weren't created by a monkey or some amoeba that crawled out of the ocean. Your family tree is not connected to aliens, no. You were created by God Almighty. You have a purpose. There is a destiny for you. But understand this, it just doesn't happen. You will have to fight for it. You will have to struggle for it. And sometimes you will have to fail for it. For it is in this struggle that your greatness lies. Life will not be handed to you. No, you will have to fight for it. It's time to become motivated for change. It's time to get aggressive towards the good things for your life. It's time to get out of your comfort zone where everything stays the same. You're going to have to do something you haven't done before. It's time to press forward into the high calling of God, the place where God has a destiny just for you. 2021 is not the year to coast. Just existing in life? No. This is the year of desired outcomes to come to pass, dreams to come alive, and prayers to be answered. It is a time for God's destiny to be fulfilled in and through you. 2021 is not going to hand these things over to you. The world is not going to lay over for you, and the enemy isn't going to just bow out and walk away. 
You may lose a round or two in the fight of faith, but just because you lose a few rounds doesn't mean you lose the whole fight. You stay in the fight until the final round of victory. This battle is not going to be easy, but it is a battle that you will win as long as you fight to the finish. So stay in the fight of faith. 2021 is the year of perseverance. You must choose to fight to the finish no matter what. The year is here. The race is on. Run to the finish line. Run to win in life. You will persevere because you will fight to the finish. Man, awesome video, huh? It, it says everything that I want you to continue to remember. Um, I, I ask God, I, say, I ask him to give me words. I ask for wisdom. I ask for direction. And as I do these things, things flow. And that's what flow, that was flowing in me as I, as I wrote this. It didn't take me long to do it. Um, there's I, it's just something within me I can put pen to paper, and it just flows out of me, and that flew right out of me. It just came out on paper, and um, I hand it to the, the creative bunch, uh, Daniel and Sasha, and as they get hold of that, they start creating it. That's, that's our Daniel's music. That's video that, that they put in and placed in there to align with the heart of the message, and it's a wonderful thing to see because everything about what we do is tied to our team, our, our, our dream team, us working together. And if we're going to persevere, if we're going to have success, it isn't going to be alone. We, we need cheerleaders. We need people alongside of us. It's like the word of God tells us to, to encourage one another daily. Do we do that? I mean, think about it. And I, I don't want hands raised because we all flunk in that test, don't we? And the word of God is very clear concerning us as believers, followers of Jesus. We should be encouragers. Do you hear what I'm saying? Encouragers. Let me also go a little further. We need to be encouraging ourselves daily. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I can guarantee you, you tear down yourself pretty much daily. If it's a big teardown or a small one, it's still a rip against who you are. And remember, your identity or your value of who you are as a person is tied completely to your belief. Not someone else's belief, but what you believe. Now, that belief can be manipulation from someone else toward you, toward you but ultimately, you have to believe what they believe. You have to empower someone else to have power over you because everything in your life is tied to how you believe. And so I want us to recognize that because listen, we all want change. My gosh, after 2020, you know, we went through the process of, of seeing all the, the great things that God did in this ministry. I mean, amazing things that he did. The, he did greater in 2020 than he has ever done in the past years, not making any past year insignificant, but because of what we entered into in the area of technology, we were able to reach more people. And that's pretty awesome. And that happened in 2020. Now, it wasn't where I just woke up in the morning and said, 
ding, I have an idea. Let's start doing this. Even though I knew about technology, I knew about live stream, I knew about YouTube, I just drug my feet for, for a couple years now. And it's been a little frustrating because in us doing it last year, you know, the benefits are awesome. But I don't look at myself and say, how great am I to do this? Because I'm the one that's been going, I don't want to do this. And I get caught in that. And then when I do do it, because, uh-oh, I have to, God does great things. How many times do we go through this in life where we're struggling and fighting and all of a sudden we go, all right, God, and then whoop, we go into good stuff. And you're like going, I didn't do that. And that God's, that's what God's waiting for. You know, we think that, you know, listen, God's not a prima donna. He's not up there going, oh, please tell me how great I am because I need it. God doesn't need it. What it does is talks about God in us. It talks about how awesome he is. And when we're able to go, thank you, Father, that was awesome, we're making a proclamation that the good that he's done in us is because of the love he has for us. That's why it's so awesome to be able to have good things happen in your life. But a lot of people, many, many believers, take that good as if they did it, as if it's all because of them. And they rob glory from God. Like I said, he doesn't need it for him. He needs it for us. For us. And I want us to always remember that. To be always recognizing his goodness, his mercy, his grace. And to get this relationship going in a right way, people. It's so important. I've got lists of people in my journey, in my life, that didn't follow my specific journey as far as my connection relationship with the Father. And I see their journeys, and I see the struggles, and I see the, the ups and downs, but I also see the lack or no relationship whatsoever in God. None. And it's because they didn't have the intimacy that is needed as a follower of Jesus. You can move into, in this, this Christian faith, into a position of work so quickly to where everything is religious. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is no relationship in religion. None whatsoever. None. Zero. Zero. Okay? Zilt. Is that German? I was trying to get as many languages as I can. Can't add any more languages. Oraka, tongues, there's tongues. But we want to focus in on the perseverance part, and I want to give us just a definition. Perseverance is persistence in sticking to a plan. Steady persistence in adhering to a course of action, belief, or purpose. Steadfastness, the continued patient effort in action. The Bible definition is to abide under, to bear up courageously. Now notice this terminology, to endure, to be persistent. It is a patience that grows stronger in times of trials. A patience that grows stronger in times of trials. 
Now, when you look at scripture, you will, you will see in the word of God that God gives us the ability to endure or to be able to handle things that feel heavy or that are, they look like they could overload us. But it is all tied to a lifestyle of success. Because it, it's like what I heard this years ago in missionaries, you know, it's a statement that they make is this. It's, it's, and it's also a statement that the world uses as far as impacting people. And that is, it's better to teach people how to farm for food rather than just give them food. And when you understand that concept, you understand the principles, spiritually and naturally, of what success is. See, you don't understand something. In this culture, in this day and age, there are, there's generations right now that are, their whole concept is, give me something free. Give it to me. I don't want to work. Just give it to me. And there is no success in that. And there never can be. There's instant gratification. Oh, interesting. Exactly. That's this generation. I want instant gratification. And believe me, through the process of years in this life, in society, you don't see it right away, but you will see the negative effects like history shows us. The process of this and the anti-God, anti-biblical principles ultimately will prove itself right in front of everybody. You become a statistic. And it's not something you can get around with, get around or try to uh, uh, pass by and you're not going to have the negative results. You will have them. Why? Because we're created in God's image. We're created in God's kingdom in the sense that this is his creation. And because it's his creation, there are his rules, natural rules, spiritual rules. And as long as you abide in those things, you reap the benefits from them. But if you try to do shortcuts and things like that, you don't raise a child in the right way. You do things that you believe are self-gratifying or simple or easy. You will reap the results of that. Never will you not see a child not hate his family, hate his mom, hate his dad, hate her mom, hate her dad. You will not not see that in a spoiled child. You will always see that. They can't not do anything but react according to what scripture says. And I've seen parents look me straight in the face when I make comments like that, like, I don't believe you. And over the years, which I've been doing this for over 35 years, I see the results. And guess what? I've seen it every time. I've seen, I've watched, I've watched those same parents come off and say, my children hate me. And we're talking about 11 and 12 year olds. And it's like, I fight back the desire to go, I told you. And you don't know how many times I fight that back. You don't know how many times, hundreds, even thousands of times over 35 years that I've had to fight the attitude of, you should have listened to me, idiot. But I don't, I don't, because again, that's a, that's a quick judgment. And I'm not living or walking your shoes. In other words, I'm not trying to make excuse, but I also can't say I, I, I know what you've been going through. All I know is, is truth is truth. And you're going to have to choose to want it 
or to excuse it away. And I know there are times when truth's hard to follow, but it doesn't matter. It's the right thing to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? So let's allow 2021 to be the awesome year that it's going to be. I make this statement because that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a great year, a great, awesome year. And if 2020 can be the greatest ministry year of, of Love Life's existence, then think of what 2021 can be. I mean, it's, it's sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. And remember, this is Love Life. This isn't me. This is us. All the statistics, all the things that I've read out about how many people have been impacted, born again, uh, changed lives, how many countries, it's not because of Sunday morning service, just me. It's because of Sunday morning. It's because of Wednesday night. It's because of Spanish. It's because of our kids program. It's because of everything we've been doing to get information out there to people from our church that are still at home and the people in here. And the people outside city limits, outside state limits, outside country limits. And that's who we're impacting. Like I said, over 15 countries last year. I want to double that. I want it 30 countries. Actually, I want every country to get it. Now, that's, you know, it's pretty boastful thinking, but I sure would love that. But at least double, amen? At the end of 2021, I'd love to say impacted 30 countries. 30 countries. And if we have to, we're going to need to send a lot of you on vacations in other countries you've never been before and watch us on live stream. Bam, there it goes. I'll figure a way to win. That's how I am. Just think about it. A vacation in Lithuania. Liberia. Oh, okay. No takers. All right, whatever. So in this, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 9.24. 9.24, and, it, and it's going to show us what Scripture talks about, but also get us to understand that 2021 is a race. Life is a race. And the quicker you get that, the greater you'll understand Monday. <laughs> Let me say that again. The quicker you understand that life is a race, the greater you'll have on your Monday. Because when you start realizing that this is something that's not a sprint, but a long distance run, you have a greater ability to realize that it's more of me continuing than this short burst. It's a sustained, a sustained action in life. So you can have a fall down or screw up on Monday, but it doesn't matter. You're fighting to the finish. And I want you to get a hold of this because this is the problem. We're, we're wanting quick. We're wanting fast. We're doing fit for life and wanting us to, you know, be on GQ cover after 21 days of fit for life. Are you kidding me? That ain't going to happen. It takes a long time to be able to get to where, where we want to be, all of us. But it's a start. It's a start. And my gosh, fit for life, please. This is like sissy time compared to Daniel fast. You all know that. If I would have said 2021, we're going Daniel fast. Yeah, I guarantee you half of you would be going, I'm doing live stream. 
I don't, want to, I don't want to even hear the Daniel fast. I want to be able to turn it off or, or go get something to eat while you're talking about Daniel fast. But y'all know how challenging that is, right? Well, because we're eliminating more foods that our body demands. At least Fear for Life is saying, listen, especially sugar, you know, it, it's, it's doing a devastating effect and it has done a devastating effect in lives around the world. And I just think it's something that, and I will, I, I, I will continue to talk about health forever. And the reason why is because I want you healthy. I just want you healthy. I want you to be able to get up in the morning and feel good. I'm not laying down measurements. I'm not, you know, giving you a graph of height and how much you should weigh. I want you healthy, Period. That's for the, the wackos out there to dictate how, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, this size, this skinny, or you can't have this, or you can't have that. That's, that's a bunch of bull. I want you healthy. And the reason why that's so important, because as long as you're healthy and you're conscious of being healthy, you can continue on to that place where you want to get to. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't a diet. And if you're cranking around trying to figure out as a diet, you've lost the whole concept of fit for life because it's body, soul, and spirit. Do you understand? And so some of you, if you haven't, engage now. Engage now. Because this isn't supposed to end in 20, 20, uh, 21 days. I want it to continue on. Not that you have to completely do the 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 dietary lack in some of these things, but that you can realize that I'm worth, my value's worth it to be healthy and to treat myself better physically than I'm doing right now. And I guarantee you, you're, you you'll enjoy that life. It might be tough at the beginning, but it's an endurance, amen? So, so let's, you know, set aside the the greasy stuff, and let's move on to something good. Amen? 1 Corinthians 9, 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Duh. You ever done that with scripture? Oh, just me? Oh, there are times when I'm going, yeah, right, of course. That's common sense. But we all know that it goes beyond that. Amen? He says, do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives a prize? Okay, so what he's saying is, is that there is one that's going to win in the race. So we're all running, but one's going to win. And he's just saying, isn't that true? All right? Then he says this, run in such a way. He just said, listen, the race starts, one's going to win. And everybody goes, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. All right? That's how it's supposed to work. Correct? All right. Run in such a way. Run what? Uh, the, the race. We're on a race. Run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. Don't run in such a way of, well, I'm just running. Feels good, just running. No. We should have a prize before us. See, there's... Prize benefits in the kingdom of God. There are prize benefits in obedience. There's prize benefits in exercise. 
There's prize benefits in practice. There's prize benefits. Now, what I want us to look at is life because love life is about life. Everything we teach in scripture is concerning life. Everything. We're not talking about Sunday. We're just gathered here today. We're talking about Monday. Monday's more important than any other day, I believe, when it comes to the faith. Because the gathering today is important to get information. Not for today, because that's a religious concept. I heard the religious message, I walk out the doors, and I go back to the life I was living before I walked in. So we religiously hear something, and then we box it up into, that's the religious me, but I gotta go to work Monday. And I made a decision years ago that that's not how we're gonna present this. We're gonna present it correctly. And that is the information you get today is for Monday. So when you start waking up tomorrow, you're gonna realize, wait a minute, information number one. Pastor Dan said, I gotta encourage daily. All right, let's start this thing up. Hey, good looking, let's get this day going. I'm talking about you saying that to you. Man, you are sharp today. I don't think there's nothing before you that you can't handle. Start building yourself up because I guarantee you, you're talking to yourself. Oh God, it's Monday. Oh, I shouldn't have did what I did last night. Oh, I'm gonna pay for it. I know none of you thought that. Oh, I can't stand that person at work. And we just start tearing down Monday and we haven't even started it. We're just, you know, we're still, you know, brushing our teeth. And even then we're like going, ah, oh, forget the floss, I'm moving on. Shortcut, shortcut. Preaching to me as much as you. But the thing is, is we recognize that we need to get hold of this if we're going to judge it correctly. I believe that most Christians judge the faith wrongly because they don't know it rightly. And you can only judge on what you know, right or wrong. That's how we do things, correct? And we love to judge sight unseen. We love to judge people just by how they look before we even know them. Don't we not do these things? And we like to create these judgments and we're good at it. We don't have to sit around and practice it. It's something that we're good at it. And now I'm trying to say, let's get to what God says we are to be. And let's start seeing more positive than negative. And it starts with ourselves. So encourage yourself Get the ball rolling and then encourage. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, I, I get up usually around 334, right around there. That wouldn't mean me waking up past a lot going, hey, have a good day, young lady. I get slapped. That'll start my day off real good. We walk in wisdom, right? But I do want us to understand that our responsibility is to encourage and be encouragers, okay? So let's, let's, Let's have a turnaround in our life and let's get where people look at us and go, you've been acting weird. And you go, why, how come? Because you're always upbeat and talking nice and, and encouraging. You're encouraging me all the time and you usually tear me down. And you're gonna go, I'm, I'm, I'm changing. 
changing into the life that I know God wants me to walk. This life that's a good life. And be that person, amen? Can we do that? All right, let's be those people, amen? So let's run this race. Listen, Jesus understood this principle. God set the race before. Jesus started it, and he ran to the finish. Did he not? Think about what was in the middle of that race. Was it simple? Are you kidding me? It was filled with, with, with pressure, with demonic attack. I mean, a couple times, uh, Jesus was, was moved in a place of protection of his life. They were going to kill him. Who was? Religion. Not the Romans. The religious. Wanted to kill him. So many things he had to go through. Think about this. To get to what? The finish line. Oh my gosh. And even to get to the finish line, he had to get to the place where he's running and God says, hey, all the faults and all the failures and all the sins and all the ugly of this world is going on you and I'm going to turn my back on you. Running to the finish line, they start going, hey, wait a minute, is there another race I can run? No, the, the temptation came. Is there, is there another race? Because that, that's, that's a high price to pay for this finish. And God said, where you want to go? And Jesus said, no, no, your will be done. Your will be done. Fought to the finish. It wasn't simple because he had to go through all kinds of ugly to get to that finish line. They didn't just say, hey, let's just take him up and crucify him. They had to spend time berating him, beating on him, cursing him, denying him. Get to that finish line. But he fought to the finish. Paul went through hell in his life. And the last letter he wrote was, I finished the fight. I fought a good fight. I finished it. I want to be that same person. I want to say, I finished my fight. I ran the race and I won. And I want all of love life to go through life in that manner. You see, it's just not about heaven. It's about fighting the fight, persevering in your marriages, in your families, in your expectation of good for others, in your belief that it's going to turn around. When everything says it'll never turn around, you persevere, you fight, and you continue to stand in that faith. There are many people over the years, hundreds upon hundreds of people that I've had to take by the hand spiritually and stand in faith with them over all kinds of difficult situations in their lives. And though they might be doing this in the belief and the, and the expectation, my, me as their pastor, I'm going to tell you 100% what's happening in my, in my fight. I'm staying the course. I'm staying in faith. I keep that expectation of change. I continue to believe. And I don't quit. Now, I understand you might be going through this because you are close to the problem. But I do understand that when I'm hearing about it, when I'm seeing it, when I'm, when I'm realizing the fight that you're dealing with, that families are dealing with, or whatever's going on, I still stand the position of faith, and I'll continue to be that way. I won't change from that position because I know God is a God that 
that will work to do good if we don't quit. The harvest will come if we don't give up. Do season if you don't faint. And a lot of times, a lot of people I've been standing with get close to totally fainting, rolling over, and dying. Not naturally, but spiritually. And I continue to help fight the fight of faith with them. Because I believe scripture makes it very clear. It says where two or three agree. God knew that most of the time we need someone in our corner. Amen? Most of the time we need someone in the corner. And when you do it yourself, you'll never win. So perseverance is the race of life. Now, let me give you some scripture on the kingdom of God. And this will give you some light in the understanding of the life is a race. All right. Mark chapter four, verse 26. Here's another story illustrating what the kingdom of God is like. A farmer sowed his field. He went away. And as the days went by, the seed grew and grew without his help. I'm reading the Living Bible just to get a reading out of this. The kingdom of God is like planting seed. And growth happens without us understanding. That's an area that a lot of Christians lack in understanding. We pray, we believe God, but we don't realize that everything in the kingdom is tied to seed. So the principle, natural principle is the same. There's going to be a lot of things happening and you don't realize that are happening. There's going to be people changing that you look at and say, they're not changing, but you don't have the right, nor do you have the ability to judge that. I've talked to marriages. I've talked to spouses, husbands and wives that were literally going through the process in here, but because the other spouse, the other husband, the other wife, the other person was wanting it to happen at this point of time. And there was work going on. But because it wasn't happening on their natural timeline, they said it's not working. So they would quit. They wouldn't fight. They wouldn't want there to be a process of change. And I like to tell couples, I mean, listen, how long did it take you to get that dumb? How long did it take you to be that ugly? It took years. Amen? A lot of us have perfected it. it but it took years, did it not? But also, I don't believe a lot of stuff that we became are things that we really understood in the end result. We're just being trained. We're just operating under the principles of natural life. We're experiencing and seeing what our family and their family and everybody's, you know, reproducing the same results because we don't have a different teaching. But we all want different, different results. We all want a different outcome, but it don't happen that way. Why? Because without no new information, change, you will never have change. Because change can only happen when it's changed. So if you sit there and go, oh, I want better life. I want better this. I want better this for my kids. I want, it ain't going to happen if you stay the same way. The want, the desire, the passion, the prayer, all that won't change anything. Change changes. But you can't define change based upon your picture of it. Because we want change from you because you need change. But with us, it takes time to change. Does it not? It takes time to change. 
but with you, change now. Right now, change, change, change. Me? It takes time. Isn't this true? So let's understand that. Let's be a little more gentle. Operate in wisdom, but also understanding that people are going through different positions and different things in their life than what you are. And you can't just judge everybody based upon your life because you don't even judge yourself correctly. True or not? So he says, that's the way the kingdom of God is. And it grows. You don't know how it does, but it grows. And the soil made the seed grow. First the stalks, later the heads of wheat, and then the grain ripens. So there's this process that goes on. And what is this? Jesus said, this is the kingdom of God. This is how we live our lives right now on this earth. It is a process. Mark chapter four, verse 30 says this. How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story shall I illustrate the kingdom? It's like a tiny mustard seed. Though it's one of the smallest seeds, it grows to become one of the largest plants with long branches where birds can build their nests and be sheltered. See, Jesus is saying, listen, if we want to get correct analogy of living this life as a follower of Jesus, we have to understand it takes time in everything. It's not quick. It's not fast. It takes time. Amen? Time. And I know a lot of you, you want what that other person does. There are times when, like me, when I became a, a, a Christian and I'm walking this thing out, I wanted to be where my friends were that got me to this place. Oh, I wanted to be where they were. They talked with so much understanding, so much knowledge of scripture. Ultimately, they come to a place and go, they didn't really know much. But because that's the journey I was on, they knew way more than me. If they could even say one scripture, Jesus wept, I'd go, wow, you know the scripture. But I didn't know anything. So when I saw them, I saw nothing but I want to be like them. Listen, I know there's many of you out there. Many of you out there online, it's the same thing. You receive Jesus and, and it's new and you're, you're talking to that person that, that's helped you in this new life, that's led you to Jesus or whatever, and you're looking at them like, oh, how special. But as you continue to build relationships, you start realizing, oh, they're not perfect like I thought. And a lot of times we start using that as an excuse. No one's perfect. No one. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Even that perfect one that led you to Jesus. And when I started seeing that, it started making me wake up and say, you know what? I need to re-look at how I'm presenting this gospel, this faith to me personally, because I'm setting myself up for failure. Because I'm tying it to perfection. I'm not around these guys 24-7 that led me to Jesus, but as we build relationship. Uh-oh, I'm playing some ball and all of a sudden I give an elbow and there's a cuss word that come out. I'm going, whoa, what is that? You, the devil jumped in you. And you're thinking, that's not right. That, that's how I used to be. And now how could that come out of you? You're holy, you're perfect. And you start seeing, oh, a little struggle in the marriage when you thought they don't have no problems. They walk on water. And, you're real, and, and see, this is what Christians do. Because of immaturity, we start judging and going, ah, phony, fake. Christianity, phony, fake. 
No, now you're really looking at truth and realizing this is real. And I'd rather have real than the phony and fake that we're creating about this faith. Because you're going to get screwed over. And things are going to happen that you believe shouldn't have happened. But if you take that to the place of you're so perfect and other people aren't, you've lost the battle of life completely. You have to give people that ability to fall down. Give them that space, even though they look great and perfect. Because in real life, you do exactly that. Your favorite ball player, your favorite athlete, your favorite whoever screws up. But you don't sit there and throw them out. You might not be happy, but you don't just go, you're out of here, get out of here. No way, they're your favorite. It's who you want to see be successful. Why? Because you get a connection and you realize this is what life's about. You're going to have a time when you don't hit a home run. You're going to have a time when you clink on the three-pointer and lose the game. You're going to have a time when, when these things happen. You fumble the ball when you should be pressing in and scoring a touchdown and we winning the game. But things happen, correct? And we go through natural life and we go, yes, it does. I'm not happy about it, but I understand it. And then we, the Christian faith, we throw that all out of the water. How dare you make a mistake? How dare you sin? Oh, there's no such thing as God now. Christians do that. Is that ugly? It's crazy. And it brings so many questions and doubts in this faith only because of religious attitudes, not truth. Religious attitudes. You know, I'm bouncing all over my notes right now, but I don't care, it's flowing. There was a time early on in my walk, when I received Jesus, I was gung-ho. And in that gung-ho attitude, I want everybody to feel what I was feeling. I don't even know what I was feeling. I just knew that what I had is, is a new life that I was happy to receive. I can't tell you that it was, you know, I felt tingling experience because I didn't. I just felt just freedom. I don't know how it happened in me, but it did happen. It was like my eyes, everything just opened up in a whole different perspective in life. And so I started sponging, receiving all the stuff that these guys were talking to me about. And so I wanted other people to know. I didn't know the Bible. I knew zero of the Bible. All I knew is what they did to me. And that was ask Jesus in your heart, receive him, call on his name, ask him to forgive you and, 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 and come in your life and, and become a believer. And so I'd go around. And I literally, with no knowledge of scripture, I would literally go through my whole apartment complex. And I guarantee you, I won over half of my apartment complex to the Lord within a few months of receiving Jesus. I was like a crazy maniac. I was sort of scary sometimes. Just in my, my, my zeal of, you gotta have what I have. You gotta, it's amazing how everybody that didn't know me were able to receive from me. And all my friends that knew me were like going, get away from me. None of my friends wanted to know anything of what I had. But everybody else that didn't know me was like, damn man, they're receiving Jesus. I had people crying and they'd go, oh, I receive the Lord. And I don't know nothing about the Bible or anything. I'm going, yeah, Jesus is great. You know, I'm crying with them. And then I had this one guy, I was in the park where I would go pray. I didn't know how to pray. I just talked to God. 
And I talked to him normally because I wasn't taught to be goofy yet. I didn't learn all the keys of going, oh, holy God. I would go and say, you know, God, I, it, I don't get this sometimes. I don't understand why, why they do this and why they say this. And I would just talk to him normally. I don't even know if he ever talked to me back. I just talked to him. He did, but it was in a special way. But I'm talking with God and I'm out there and I'm walking this, this, this park that's across from the apartment. And one of the guys that I led to the Lord came up to me and said, he said, Danny, that's what people would call me. It ain't my name, all right? Danny, how do you know? I mean, I don't feel God. He goes, I received them like we did, that prayer and everything. He goes, but I don't feel it. I don't know scripture, okay? I don't know anything. And I heard what he said and I said, are you asking me a question? Well, I don't feel God. I mean, how does he feel? And when he asked me that question, I went, I don't know. Because I never thought about that. I never questioned it. And so we ended our conversation. I didn't have any answers and he went his way and I walked away and I started going, wow, I don't feel God. And I started thinking, what is that supposed to feel like? And what if I don't have them? And the questions started just blowing into my mind. I, I don't feel him. How do I know if I have him? I didn't feel anything. And I'm the... I don't feel anything right now. And it was so weird. I'm going, oh my gosh. And so I went to my apartment and I was really, I'm in a confused state right now. I call my friends because I would always call them. I call them two in the morning because they said, call me if you have any questions. And you know, I get the stories after the fact and they said, God, we hated when you called all the time. But it, they didn't say that then, you know, so I'm not saying your mentor does that. But anyway, but I would always call them all kinds of stuff. I mean, crazy times. So I call them up and I say, I don't feel God. And I don't know. I don't know if I have them because I don't feel them. And I don't know. Can you tell me what it's supposed to feel like? And so I know if I feel them or not. And he's like going, well, he didn't even know, but he got all religious on me. I don't even remember what he's talking. It was more like, because he's not even making sense to me. And honestly, I don't believe he had a clue. He just started talking about, well, you know, it's tied to the belief in the scripture and following the word and obedience and just go. So I'm done with that. And I have no clue what's going on. All I know is feel God, feel God. I don't feel God. So I went to my happy place. And it was this park, the park in front of my apartment where I'd go and talk to God. It was so pure and so, so easy. So I went out there and I just started talking with him. And I said, God, I don't feel you. And I'm not sure. I don't even know if I'm talking to anyone right now. I'm really getting to a place where it's really freaking me out. And the Lord spoke to here, spoke to here. It wasn't like, Daniel. I'm real. That would have been cool. 
But believe me, it's not cool to hear God's voice like that, just so you know that. So in here, I heard this. I just in here, in my, in my, in, in everything within me, I heard. How does it feel to be a McCluskey? What? That. Oh, how does it feel? What do you mean? I don't feel being a McCluskey. I'm just a McCluskey. And he said, exactly. And it just went because I'm a McCluskey. But I've never in my life went, oh, I feel McCluskey. It's all over me now. Oh my gosh, good, because I didn't want to go home. I didn't feel McCluskey. I'm telling you, it was, this is revelation. And I'm getting this, I'm going, oh my gosh. How do I feel about, and I started thinking about me. And I go, well, there is no feeling there's, I'm, I'm, this is my house, this is my family, this is my mom, that I hope it is. I mean, unless I'm adopted, I don't even know that. But what would that matter? Because everything within me said, this is who I am. How do I know? Because this is where I grew up in, and they said it. I'm your dad, I'm your mom. They said that. I'm supposed to believe that now? But that's how it was. And as I grew up, in the McCluskey home, I started taking on their attributes, their characteristics of being a McCluskey. But there's no feeling about that. It's all by training. And I know I'm a McCluskey. If I go change my name to Jones right now, I mean, literally, I can't. I can go to the court and change my name to Jones. I won't feel like whatever that Jones is because not even all Joneses feel the same way. Amen. So I would change a name, but I'd always be a McCluskey because that's all my training. That's all I know. But I don't have a feeling of it. And when God shared that with me and God showed me that, it, it's just, it's the way God is. When that truth, simple truth, it brought great revelation. And I got to the place and I go, this faith isn't about feeling something. It's about a belief and being brought up in that belief and receiving that belief. And that's how I help people because I guarantee it's probably one of the most number one questions Christians have. I don't feel. I don't feel. And we are feely people. We like senses, see, touch, hear, smell. But when it comes down to natural truths, it brings alive spiritual revelation, that spiritual information. And so you don't have to worry about feeling now. Now you know right? Now you know. It's no big deal. And I, I said that with my son the other day because I just remembered that. Because I want him to be secure. I don't want him to be looking for the hoo, hoo, hallelujah, hoo, hoo. You know that, you know, that true reaction of a follower of Jesus? Not that religious goofiness. Just religious goofiness. But I wanted him to know. Because when it comes down to it, he don't feel McCluskey. Oh, I don't feel McCluskey. Am I a McCluskey now? I don't feel it anymore, Papa. Come on. That's ridiculous. 
You don't feel that because you got in trouble. <laughs> Are you guys getting, you guys getting freedom out of that? I know I did. It helped me a whole lot. Anyway. So we see how the kingdom of God works. It's, it's small. I was talking to our family. We were talking about 2021. We're talking about what God shared with me. And um, I asked Pastor Lau, did, did God share with you something specific? And she said she, she got some from the Lord. Was it uh, little by little? What was that specifically? Yeah, line upon line, precept from precept. That's what I wanted to get to, specifically what shared with me, because that's exactly what God was saying in the year of perseverance. That it's not this, give me all the answers now. It's the learning process to that place. That's success, to learn how to get to the answer. Everything in life, when you go through the process of learning, and that's our life experience all over the world, that's natural principle, is exactly a spiritual truth that God teaches all through the Bible. We learn by the small little things, and we build on those. There are all kinds of different mathematics, correct? But you got to start out with what? One plus one equals two, right? But isn't there all kinds of mathematics? Isn't there? But you start off with the one plus one equals two. And you build upon that. You don't jump to six times three. Well, let's go to multiplication. You got one plus one. Let's go to multiplication. You don't do that. You can't do that. You have to build a foundation. You know, the scripture is very interesting. But if you look at it, it's Isaiah 28.10. It says this. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Line upon line upon line, here a little, there a little. Now what Isaiah is saying is he's saying, listen, this is how you, this is how information, this is how growth happens. This word is sav in the Hebrew, and it literally, the word precept upon precept, the word precept is a parent to a child, and it's a parent charging a, a child or giving them a directive truth relating to the child's capacity. I find that awesome to hear because when you understand the Hebrew, God's saying this, you're going to go to someone to teach them and you're going to recognize that they need to receive it in small ways according to their capacity not according to a generalized capacity. Let me speak to you all as if you've been Bible students for 30 years. If I did that, I'd lose everybody. It would be dull, boring. It wouldn't be irrelevant. And that's what a lot of people like to do because they like to what? They like to parade themselves. Look at how much I know. I could care less how much I know. I want you to get something, period. My success is your ability to go out. One plus one is two. I won. I won. You're awesome. That's what I want. Not you go out going, oh, the, the revelation of, 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 of how heaven in its diameter to earth compared to the heavenlies and the different levels of the heavenlies. What the heck? How is that going to help me on Monday? 
Ain't going to do anything for me. Just as if I get into any crazy, super spiritual conversation. Why? Because it isn't going to help you in life. And that's what this word is about, life. Because Jesus spent time on this earth to reveal the Father. How was that revelation? By going around and going, the Father sows seeds. Uh, a woman loses a coin. A father releases a son. Workers are gathered in a field. An owner leaves. Some employees gives responsibility of five talents, two, one, expecting them to bring increase. Why? Because that's what we're about. That parable in general is saying God is going to give you what, you're, what you have the ability to. If you have the ability to handle two, then that's what he's going to give you because he's not going to give you five. He's going to give you what you, can, what you can do. He knows you can do two. That's where your success lies, not, oh, you gave that one five. I should have five. That is religious ideology. When you know what it is to be a follower of Jesus, you realize that you are not them. And if you need two and you can handle two, accept the two and praise God, get victory in the two. But don't rush to the five when you think it's missing out because you didn't get five. It ain't about what they get. It's about what you do is what you have. That's where your success lies. It's about you, not about them. And he passes out five, two, one to each one's ability. And what happens? Five brings increase of five. Two brings increase of two. And one hides it in the dirt. And I believe that's the testimony of most Christians. Why? Because what is the testimony of the one? He said, I see you as... I see you as. What did the other two say? Nothing. They said, look what I have done. Not I see you as. They looked at, you gave it to me, I'm going to do something with it. You gave it to me, I'm going to do something with it. And they went out and brought increase. That is the kingdom of God and his expectation, each one of you. In life, people, don't tie this to this religi religiosity. Don't tie it to this religious picture. Tie it to life. God wants you to have multiplication in success in your job, in your workplace, in your family, in your marriage, in parenting, in relationships. He wants you successful. Take what he's given you and multiply that success. Be successful. But I can tell you right now, you got the wrong picture of God. You're going to hide it. You're going to do nothing with it. And when he comes back, he's going to say, what we got? And what did the scripture say? He said to the five that multiplied it, well done, good and faithful servant. To the two that multiplied it, well done, good and faithful servant. To the one, you're going to hell. No, he didn't say that. He said, you, you, you did wrong. You did wrong. 
What you did is you should have reacted in the way that you believed. He said, I believe you to be a mean boss and I don't want to screw up, so I'm going to hide it. He said, well, if you believe me that way, then you should have acted upon it that I'm a mean boss and at least brought me to because I'm a mean boss. In other words, he's saying, you should have done something. You should have did something instead of just burying it. And God said what to each one? He said, the successful ones, he said, good and faithful, which I find very interesting because the good is not natural good. It's not the Greek word for human good. It's a Greek word for divine good. How do you get divine good in that action? Divine good is tied to the fruit of the spirit. And in that, you need to understand something that's tied to intimacy with God. I believe most Christians don't have it. They don't have that intimacy. They have a, a religious works mindset, but not an intimacy with God. And I want us in love life. I want our life. I want those out there to recognize that it's time to get intimate with Jesus. It's time to hang with them. It's time to walk with them. It's time to talk with them. It's time to share with him. Get close with them. This success in life is not tied to works. It's tied to the relationship. Relationship will always equate to action. Always. But the relationship has to come first, people. And religion trains you works first. Do this. Do that. Don't do that. Don't do this. Wear this. Don't wear that. Look like this. Don't look like that. Speak like this. Don't speak like that. That's the beginning of most churches in when you receive Jesus. I'm telling you, I've been there, done that. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches intimacy first, relationship first. God loves you, no strings attached, first. He loved you first before you loved him. And you build that relationship, and then because of that foundation, you can start walking this thing out in a whole different way. Why? Because you know he's for you and not against you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's with you to the finish. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, first and the last. What he started, he's going to finish. Just know that. So I'd rather him finish the race with me as we work together. I don't work for God. I work with God. That's what Corinthians tells me. Years ago, I used to think I worked for him, but I grew up. And in that growing up, I realized I don't work for God. I work with God. I work with him in the service. We work together. You work together as a team with Jesus. We're together in this. Let's have a successful 2021. Amen. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about seven truths that will help you in this. But I believe the truths we received today are more than enough to carry us to next Sunday. Amen. Yeah. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. I know. I know just, just in the area of feeling God is such a, an awesome place to experience that yeah, I get it now. I get it now. The more I know him, his word, his way, his will, the more I know his voice. 
And I want everybody to be there. I want you to be there in your walk where you realize, I got his voice down. I got it down. I know what he's saying. I know what he's expecting of me. Not the other voices, but his voice. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you fall down, when you sin, he's not the one going, God, Lothar. That's not him. He's the one that's saying, get up, let's move forward. He's the one saying, you're bigger than this. You're better than this. That's his voice. He's the one saying everything opposite of what you're expecting. Screw up. You said you'd never do it again. That's not God's voice. I'm telling you right, it's not his voice. It's the devil and your mother-in-law. But it's not his, I mean, the, you know, the people in your life. I'm just kidding. Just came to my head. Being led by the Spirit of God. I'm just playing. I got a great mother-in-law, by the way. Anyway, the point is, is this. Let's have the victory that's his will for our lives. Let's encourage one another. Let's build one another. And let's fight to the finish. Don't roll over. Don't quit. You fight to the finish. Amen. Everything within you is created for success. Even your body. I remember getting operations. You know what the first thing the doctor tells you to do? Get up and walk. That, 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 they want you not to lay, not to lay down and just, oh, they want you to get up and walk. Isn't this true? Get up and walk. Start to, why? Because your body reacts to you and your belief. And most of us roll over. We allow everything, the world and everything, keep us in fetal position. You, you're, you are created, body, soul, and spirit, to fight to the finish. Don't roll over. Amen? Let's get back in this fight. Father, we thank you for the word, and we thank you for the truth of the word of God. I believe that there has been enlightenment. There's, there's people out here in our congregation, people out there in the live stream that are hearing words that say, this is different than what I've heard before. This is something I want. I want this way of life. I don't want the religious life. I want this way of life. Some of you in here, you're rearranging your thoughts over the message. Praise God. I've rearranged my thoughts over and over and over again. But thank you, Jesus. He's keeping me right on track, and I continue to fight to the finish, and I'm not going to stop. If you're in here this morning, you never received Jesus, I'd like to give you that opportunity right now. If you're out there, I'd like you to receive Jesus. You're going to have the opportunity right now. All you have to do is, from your mouth, from your heart, say this. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus, I believe in you. And I call in your name. Jesus, come into my life. I want to be a part of your family. So I receive you into my life. Just as I am a McCluskey, or you fill in your last name, I am now a child of God. I'm part of your family, and I'm going to learn your ways. Because this ain't about feeling, it's about belief. And I thank you for it now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.